You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another episode. This week, we have a lot to talk about. You can see it in the title. Yes, there has been some huge controversy stirring up basically within the Fortnite and gaming community, all due to uh, one of the, I would say up until now, super respected and trusted organizers. But man, we're going to dive into uh, basically what happens when you play with fire, you can get burnt. That fire being this NFT stuff, NFT technology, there's some weird stuff happening there, but... I want to uh, preface this before, of course, by saying thank you guys, the listeners, for downloading these episodes, tuning in with us, checking in with what we're uh, dropping here, and of course, coming back to another episode. Don't forget, you can leave all your views, comments, and hate messages to me. Uh, feel free to hit me up at 4 gmail.com or at MonsterDFace. But with that, it's just uh, SBG and I right now to kick things off, and uh, my boy SBG, man, talk to me, baby. How has uh, how's your last two weeks been? Pretty good. Nice and easy. A lot of doing stuff with friends and family and just kind of getting back into the swing of things, being at home. And, uh, you know, you know that traveling life, you've been there and now it takes a step to to get back to that home life and get regular again. Absolutely, man. There's nothing there's nothing like it. It's, it's always better when you just finally get back home. And you get to settle in. Uh, so, yeah, dude, I, I was traveling. I did the Copenhagen trip with you, came back and then I had to actually move and then go to seattle and we're going to talk about why i was in seattle a little later some fun fortnite stuff happening everywhere um and also while that was happening we even had a cool six flags event which is also not on this run of show but we'll be sure to talk a little bit about that later as well cool <laughs> stuff happening in the fortnite spaces we're in the uh the down season here but uh, uh hey look look you you might have seen a tweet you might have seen the again the the header of this episode and you want to start figuring out what all unfolded here we're going to jump right into it Efuse, the TLDR, released a, something called the Creator League. This was going to be one of their latest endeavors, probably their newest initiative to try to bring something fresh and great to the space, or at least you would hope so. You would hope the uh, motive behind this whole thing was to build something good for the company and a product that you would be proud of to draw in you know, uh, more, more of a roadmap, more of a future for your, uh, for your establishment. But things quickly backfired. As uh, we come to find here on the timeline, it's all because they went about it in what we kind of would say, or what I would say, uh, some pretty shady ways by withholding some information. But before we start getting into that, and I start kind of peeling back this onion here and get into the center of it all, um, I want SVG to pretty much take us through, talk to me about what the dynamics were of the Creator League. What was it supposed to be? So if you guys have no idea what's going on, it was the Creator League. It was announced on September 2nd. And they, they had some of the biggest creators bought into this whole Creator League and they were pitching it. They were going to be a part of it. It was supposed to be four splits that turned into like one championship. And I believe it was over like different games. The first one that was announced was a Fortnite tournament. But the creators, it was the OTK network. It was Bella Porch. It was Optic, Clicks. Speed, Sea Dog, Snap Nap, and Vinny Hacker. So some pretty big names in the gaming space. Um, and all these people came together. The offering was you paid $20 for a pass for you, your respective creator. You bought it specific for that creator. You were on their team. That team then competed. With that pass, you not only got the ability to compete, but also the ability to quote-unquote vote 
and participate in kind of the selection of who's going to be the outstanding or the top members of that team to compete with their, their creator. So that's essentially how it worked. You bought a pass, you were able to play in the events, and then the top players played with the creator against other creators. It was supposed to be kind of this like whole seasonal split format that turned into a big championship. That was on September 2nd. Uh, no. Yesterday... Yesterday, uh, the Creator League was suspended, and many speculate that it is not ever coming back. So EFUSE put out a statement along with Creator League, because if you guys don't know, EFUSE is the company behind this. They're the ones that approach creators. They're the ones that kind of put this on their platforms and put it on their back, essentially. So... I'll read the first part of the statement. The Creator League was an experiment in creator-led fan-controlled esports. That was the CEO, Matthew Benson of Efuse. We remain excited about the Creator League and will take some time to reflect on community feedback and refine its structure. As with all ambitious projects, the path forward toward innovation is winding. We're prepared to keep learning and pushing forward. So it... Got a lot of feedback, didn't go well right away, and now immediately, a couple days later, Efuse is suspending operations of it. But it gets worse. Because of the league's failure, everyone is now also speculating that the, what, I'd call it 30% or so of staff, un uh, not unemployment, layoffs that just came in, um, also has something to do with the fact that the Creator League was not successfully uh, launched uh, and all that because of all the backlash that they received um, for the usage of this NFT technology. And I'm going to talk about what sparked that, but I really want to give you guys the time frame. Um, as of this recording, it is September 6th, and this was announced September 2nd, like SBG mentioned. Within, I don't know, 12 to 24 hours or so, there was already tweets coming out from pretty big creators that was forward-facing ambassadors of this program as they found out about the paywall and then some of the, again, hidden technology being used to uh, prop up this project. And it goes really, really deep because it turns out that the platform where the sales and purchases were being made, the platform that's being used to funnel the administration and what would have been the hosting of this creator league, and of course, the mother platform being Efuse that owns a lot of other technology was all just, again, co-owned under the same umbrella and dressed up in the name of different companies. So there's websites and domains and just different components that was all basically owned by Efuse, but made it look like it was operating with different entities to come together and bring together one project. And that's where we talk about that lack of transparency. This is all very common, I would say, amongst normal businesses. You have your branches and your, um, you know, your little umbrellas, and it's totally fine to triple, quadruple, and shoot, dip as many times as you want if you're building a, a sound infrastructure. When you don't share that stuff and the creators don't know what they're getting into, I mean, it's partly the creator's fault for not doing their due diligence and also yours maybe for not potentially being as transparent as you could have been. So I'm going to jump into that first tweet that I would say sparked the whole downward spiral and opened up the Pandora's box of conversation here. Um, it starts with C-Dog. C-Dog is, I believe, a, a pretty respected Call of Duty player. He's had um, a history just competing and all types of stuff, but he's a very successful creator, one of the few 
that was, uh, again, on the brand, or not few, but one of the many that was on the brand supposed to be supporting this creator league. And also, you forgot to mention, Mr. Beast tweeted about this whole thing. It was also doing advertisement stuff for this. So this really was the who's who of the uh, the gaming space and esports, uh, just or entertainment gaming industry in general. But let's talk about what C-Dog tweeted out. And this is how it all began. September 3rd, 2.50 a.m. So this, this is a late night tweet, late night thought. Um, that's what I'm reading here on the uh, Twitter or X platform. He says... So I'll just be real with you guys. I accepted to join the Creator League, not fully understanding the tech behind it. Needless to say, with the current information available, I'm planning on withdrawing. I was not told or made aware at any point that there was blockchain technology, and I was only made aware of that information when the event went live. I was given assurances that it had nothing to do with NFTs. Given my vocal hatred of such tech, I would never agree to join it had I known that. It's an embarrassing F up on my part. To agree to promote this to my audience, I am sorry. We will talk about it more when I can. And that opened up a ton of different um, responses. And honestly, the whole tweet just went pretty nuclear. 51,000 likes, 3 million plus impressions, and over 1,500 responses under that tweet alone. Most of which was dogging EFUSE and the entire program. Uh, a good chunk of which was also dogging him for not doing the due diligence and basically selling out to the first quick dollar that became available to him because we have to also assume that there's probably some percentages involved and some equity kickback from the purchases being made as the fans funnel their way into each of these categories. So with all that being said, I think everyone can see why this all of a sudden created a big controversy SVG. Yeah, I mean, when you announce an event and then immediately one, the community before Sea Dog even said anything was skeptical. They're like, okay, what is going on? Why do I have to buy passes? I don't really understand how this works. But ultimately, the whole thing with Mr. Beast, he, he posted it. If you bought a pass, you got a Mr. Feastables box. Um, or you got a Feastables box, which for some people is worth 20 bucks, right? So you get a little bit extra plus the box, and who knows if any of the actual tournament stuff works out. But wait, wait, was wait. Buying that Mr. B's box also, it came out today, like literally just about an hour ago. It wasn't even disclosed that if you were an international purchaser, you didn't even, you were not eligible basically to receive the box. So like the, you know, the fire, the shots basically are still coming in about how this is all handled. Um, and even that, again, comes with its own problems of, yeah, not, not, I don't want to say false advertising, but there were some 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 advertisement uh, tactics being used, and some of which couldn't be fulfilled to the international audiences. Well, and the overall picture, like this, sounded like a really cool thing. You got to participate with some of your favorite creators. You got to buy in directly, support them, be on their teams. But with a lot of these things, I always kind of take the skeptical approach of. Initially, I thought this would have went really well at first the launch would have went well they would have had a successful launch my fear was three six nine months down the road because they're promising this like year-long process is it going to have the same support from behind the scenes the creators that it does at the initial launch i don't even think we're getting there so that point is irrelevant and now it's at the point where this thing is all falling apart and for us in fortnite uh boop responded to my tweet because i was like what the heck's going on with the creator league 
and e-fuse because we saw a bunch of people get laid off and he had a, a great response essentially that you know it's really weird for e-fuse to get involved in this when they are the kind of gatekeepers to third-party Fortnite events. Literally, if you go to the Fortnite uh, rules, it says Fortnite event license term. There's a link on there that links you directly to eFuse's website for a third-party event license request form. So they are the gatekeepers of this. And they should know better if they're gatekeeping events and knowing the rules. They're literally in the rules that... There was NFTs, even though they claim that there's not. Okay, it's non-fungible. You can't actually sell it, but it's a very similar idea. There's blockchain technology. There's pay to enter. So there's just like a bunch of things that were anti-Fortnite TOS right off the bat, which was their initial tournament, which this company that runs Fortnite events should know. And it all just came collapsing down. Now they're hosting a free to enter Fortnite tournament for $50,000, but that almost seems like they got forced to do that because they put all these resources forward. And now it's like, okay, we have to do something here. We can't just utterly fall on our face, but ultimately this is really sad to see, especially for all the people at eFuse that probably got hired to work on this thing. And I don't think they fire a bunch of people if this thing is going to continue to go forward. Yeah, I know a good handful of contractors that were slated for this. And I mean, they basically lost out on months of revenue that was, you know, pre-booked for this month leading into the next and, you know, beyond that. But now with the timeline moving down and the, uh, the whole skeptical nature of what's all going to happen now, I mean, it's it's pretty much all in the air. And like you said, the, the big... I don't want to say losers, but the, the big victims here are the folks that literally became laid off because of this whole uh, uh, failure of a project. Um, had this gone well, or maybe according to plan, there wouldn't have been needed a, a huge scale back from EFUSE's operational side. Uh, but I think because they recognized, hey, we made a big mistake, we blew a ton of cash on the advertisement and marketing component side of this, and they pre-fired this technology without... Um, yeah, really being prepared for the backlash and what could come of it, and maybe even the lack of signups because this was public, so people were able to purchase. So for all we know, it could have just been a huge dud, and that all created this cascading, uh, uh, you know, this domino effect, this basically demolition effect, not a domino effect. It went faster than that. It was a demo effect. The building came crashing straight down, and we're at the base level here, and that, that's kind of what it left us with. I'll go ahead and read about just a little bit uh, uh, more about what's been reported about this. And this is, again, more words directly from the eFuse uh, CEO, Matthew side. A rep for eFuse, sorry, not, not the actual uh, CEO, Matthew, but a rep from eFuse told Kate Irwin this in a report and GG Decrypt that uh, it's using this thing called Near Blockchain. Near is basically the platform that was kind of funding this. They create their own tokens and their own just currency, if you want to call it that. But the idea was to use this NFT slash blockchain technology to, quote, power transparency and create a public ledger so the community knew we weren't overselling passes. But it remains unclear whether each pass has had a corresponding blockchain token or not. So these were not again, NFT tokens or anything like that that were like tradable as we would normally um, associate NFT technology with something that has this almost uh, uh, market value that can fluctuate. It was nothing like that. They are saying that they use blockchain technology to 
track the same way you can search up any Bitcoin wallet or any crypto wallet and see all of the transaction histories and see the prices, right? Very transparent. That's, that's kind of the cool part. Again, air quotes on the word cool. It's the cool part about the technology that I think Ethuse was trying to deploy here, but they did that with creators that are anti-blockchain technology because of the bad rep. And that's what kicked off the Sea Dog response, his entire community's response, and then many others that like literally want nothing to do with uh, a project that's this, you know, uh, um, heated is opening up this huge heated debate around right it becomes this negative connotation that you're associating your brand with why take the risk and because of all those things combining together now we have this problem and again i think if this was maybe a few years in the future when blockchain technology cools down and uh, maybe you know becomes more of a norm um it probably would have worked but in today's you know, um, environment and landscape, there's just so much bad actors out there and blockchain technology, especially when it's not transparently shared, like what you're doing with it. Um, it is just frowned upon big time. And you see what happens here. The backlash was tremendous. And just to add to that, it seems like eFuse went heavy into this. They were heavily invested it seems like they spent a lot of money to get Mr. Beast involved to promote this. That is not going to be cheap. There's no way because he's not part of it. If you look on their their website and their like creators, he is not one. He's literally just someone from what it appears, someone they paid to promote this thing. So they paid him a lot. And not only is it the EFUSE employees that are now missing out. Seven minutes ago, the college Call of Duty that was acquired by EFUSE a couple years ago was run by them. Hey, CCL community, we're sad to announce that we are canceling both Summer Open and College Warzone. We hope to bring these two programs back in the future. We apologize in advance, and we're looking forward to playing in these. We appreciate your patience. And they even say, we hear your concerns about the spring season. We don't really have an update for you. We'll give you one when it comes. So this has caused massive problems for eFuse as an entire company because it seems like it's failed, and now it's causing them to almost collapse on top of themselves because they were involved in so many things and I have to cut back because they don't have the money to really spend on any of this is what it seems like from the outside looking in. And just to kind of... I just want to jump in a little bit more here. Um, Efuse is a, a massive company, guys. It, it's bigger than I think people realize. Like we said, they acquired the um, this college, you know, uh, entity organization, a successful league, and they put it under their umbrella, and then they amplified it, right? And they made it bigger. They also are the company responsible for buying out the at esports account in at esports.gg um, for who knows how much if there was even a disclosed amount of cash there, but you have to assume millions of dollars that went into that. Uh, and I find it very telling that even their own social media outlet handle, which like handles all the news and they would otherwise report on something crazy happening, they didn't report on themselves. They probably should have for some clicks and some more revenue generating, I guess. They could have been the ones to at least break the news, right? Um, 
At least I would want to be in front of it, control the narrative. I don't know. Damage control. Might as well get something. Man. Might as well damage control. You know, be the source for this all uh, because they also own those at esports handles. And I just wanted to triple check. Yeah, I went down. They did everything that they had to with the announcement part, but nothing to do with the coverage there afterwards. I hate that I'm laughing at this because, um, uh, yeah, I, I support EFUSE and I've done a lot of events with them, but this is just such a, a huge mistake. And um, it's it's a little bit comical on how it's all just going down and it's all over the place. So um, we'll continue to report on this, keep you guys up to date. But the TLDR, this was just, I think, a very cool project gone extremely bad. And it went bad really because of one creator, one creator who had um, a thing against blockchain technology and he just kickstarted uh, or, or he, he was the the Kindle to the fire, if you will, and this thing's out of control. Um, SVG, any final reports, anything else to add on to here? Uh, besides the fact that Ify was literally the third-party tournament organizer and also broke the rules almost blatantly, but they didn't break it because it didn't go live. So there, there's that. We, we still have some face to save here. Yeah, I'd, I'd guess that they're having some conversations because they also do Collegiate Fortnite. Um, I'd be interested if they just canceled Collegiate Call of Duty, is Collegiate Fortnite next? That kind of scares me because they were the ones that were controlling that. And if they're already canceling one of the Collegiate programs, there may be another one down the line. Collegiate Fortnite, this is the perfect time for me to come in. Yep, starting September 11th. You already know it's your boy Panda. I'll be hosting all the collegiate events. Don't worry, we're not going nowhere. What's up, guys? Yeah, holy crap, dude. Well, I'm a little I'm a little late. I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh I came in at the right time. Yeah, well, welcome to the show. We're just we're just again going over everything that's happening in the season this week. And uh yeah, I guess we're we're pretty much jumping right into the next thing. Talk about creative and the future of cool stuff happening. The creative roadmap was just released, Panda. Um, I'm gonna drop a link in the group chat here. Feel free to open that up and take us through some of the changes. And also, welcome to the episode. Hey, thank you for welcoming me. I already actually took a look at look at this. Let me pull this up here real quick. Um, yeah, so some of the cool things, they're obviously uh, leaning more into some creator-focused things. I did see that the Accolade device and XP device is back in UEFN, which is huge. So uh, if you don't know, like players love to be able to do maps and then get XP along with the maps. Some people have abused it in the past, to be fair, but I think it is still a cool addition and a very necessary addition to make UEFN maps uh, a little bit more enjoyable for the casual player. Because remember, when you're putting hours into the game and you're not able to level up your battle pass just like you would in the BR, that can become a problem. So people would be less inclined to just hop into a map. So something to think about. Yeah, but I mean, I'm really interested in this roadmap. The fact that they're kind of putting out the various one they're putting expectations on themselves and we all know developers do not like to do that because putting roadmaps on coding and development of games is definitely something that never goes to plan yeah. so shout out to epic for having the cojones to be able to do that and be behind that and you know for me the discovery the text search is the biggest one the fact that I'm going to be able to go up and look for creators to, hey, I want to play this type of game. Type in something, boom, yeah. a whole list of stuff comes up. I get to play that. I'm so excited for that. I'm I'm well, more yeah. happy about the creator opportunities and like future um, 
I would say revenue opportunities for the space at whole with creator custom lobby backgrounds. There's been like a slew of companies that have kind of sprung up on the dev side of building cool maps and things like that. But dude, this gets to go like a, a level further if you can create your own home screen backgrounds. And maybe I'm thinking about that wrong. Maybe it's just the lobby in the creative world, like kind of the hub reintroduced. But I hope it goes as far back as to like literally uh, specking out the way your game kind of comes into things on the home screen to some degree, visually at least. I think that'd be super sick. But uh, Panda, you have some more to add about the uh, the roadmap here. Yeah, I think uh, some of the cool things, obviously the tech search is something that's planned to come in Q3 of 2023, which if you don't know, Q3 is almost done. So that should any, be, any day if, now. if correct, realistically, we should probably see that in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. So that would be the tech search, uh, persistent devices, some creator pages, uh, content recommender and a play test group are things that they have listed here for Q3. Q4, of course, is those custom lobby backgrounds like you talked about. Um, we have small and limited verse persistence API for UEFN, which is super cool. Uh, again, any kind of API control out of UEFN, it will be huge for tournament organizers to create maps and build tournaments out, things like that. Um, I don't know if that particularly will will be a factor. It does say small very and limited, so we who knows what information will actually it, be able. It to could pull. be like currency being able to stay world mm -hmm. to world because that word persistence is something that I think a lot of creators have been looking for to be able to track uh, basically players that load in and then be able to reapply some of whatever they earn while in the world, uh, whatever creative way that may be. So that will absolutely change the entire game for sure. Oh, for sure. And then, of course, uh, adjusting time of day, fixed point and fixed perspective cameras. So what I imagine to be third person, first person views, like adjusting the way that looks. Um, customizable map and minimap. This has been huge because right now a lot of maps don't have correct minimaps. And, and you can't really like pull it up and uh, kind of tell where you're going. So with a fix like that, uh, you'll definitely see some more creativity come out of these maps. Custom UI devices, which are I think will be really cool like uh booga's map and i believe we're going to talk about that a little bit later but booga's map does a really good job of um uh like when you first jump in it has like its own little loading screen right i think with its with um actual custom ui devices being able to build out a user interface before you even like fully get into the game will be super cool because you can again customize your character maybe or like adjust things before you start to actually play whatever the game is Things that otherwise, realistically, we just don't have now. Again, making UEFN truly a separate tool uh, from Fortnite because that's what we need, right? UEFN, uh, the, the dream is that it is a, a tool that you can create your own game in, but with, with a lot of these adjustments coming, it'll finally be, in my opinion, closer to that. It still won't be perfect. It still won't be where it needs to be. I still feel like we're a few years out before UEFN could actually purely could create a, a game from scratch right but we're all at least getting closer here by the end of 2023 yeah and there's that's again just in my opinion so much so many features in such a short amount of time i like svg i'm super skeptical of whether or not they can even commit to this aggressive timeline i think it's aggressive because there's so many cool things here uh quality of life changes amongst new features that it just looks like a lot to expect um i think if we can even get three or four of these big ones the community would be happy let alone the 20 they have listed here and 
there's actually they've started to implement some of these so if you click on a creative map you click on those three dots it has an option more from this creator so mm -hmm. there's already somewhat of a creator page i i don't think that's the finished product that they're trying to offer but it at least is a beginning of hey if i want to play more maps from monster d face i can click on his map go to more from this creator and then find what else he's put put out there's one one thing that i do not see mentioned here and it was a problem that was brought up by cypher pk in his most recent video and if you haven't checked it out go check it out it's it is a rant video for sure but uh, uh, basically he has been working on this superhero map for a while it has a lot of bugs so they have to hold it off until they can get some fixes within creative so what they decided to do is take some of their superhero code and put it into a red versus blue map and apparently overnight somebody stole his thumbnail and portions of his game and put it out and now people after he promoted it people think that's his map now is so it now, is it that they figured out like how he did the devices to you know how he did the functionality or they were just like well that's a cool idea let me let me go ahead and build that so they built it but it's not even the same game like it's a lesser version the main problem though is that he literally stole the thumbnail which is like bar for bar his and it has their custom superhero icons on it got it that were designed for like his maps right so the whoever this creator is just straight up stole the thumbnail and is misleading people to it and it's actually working because he's a trending uh, map maker his map is above cyphers and so cypher is getting like 50 players and his the other maps getting like hundreds or thousands yikes that's uh that's so unfortunate because it's kind of the name of the game on youtube right you create mm -hmm. something and then i mean who's to say someone can't name their video the same name as your video it's like one of those things that's like yeah it's bad practice it's poor practice but it's not illegal to do it um i think taking the thumbnail though like literally it was not recreating the thumbnail it's literally they they stole the thumbnail listen i'm i i, I agree with you i'm not against it but i I still think it's just bad practice, not illegal practice by YouTube or, um, you know, basically Epic's policy or standards. Now, here's the thing about uh, this entire problem that's going on and the one that you're mentioning here, the uh, Panda with Cypher, is that this opened up that conversation about how, like, literally poorly optimized the algorithm is and how exploitative it is inside of Fortnite's game there are tons of ip violations i mean just recently i saw someone have um, a mcdonald's logo on their logo and then in the game a huge m for mcdonald's talking about this is mcdonald's red versus blue map when it's like 99 likely mcdonald's did not approve of this super low grade map yet alone yeah. their logos to be uh, flexed on and and their branding to be used everywhere so there's tons of copyright issues happening inside of fortnite and they haven't done much about it it's like almost as if they don't have a policing force because it's not just that there's like thousands of these ip violations everywhere anime references movie references game references i mean you name it there is literally someone in the game or multiple creators making money off of these places and they're not being actioned against it's going to be really hard for them to figure this out too because with the amount of maps that are put out and i think it's mostly a problem of the current 
recommendations by Fortnite is because it's not really like a a perfect created system of oh here's UEFN maps here's what's trending like there doesn't seem to be any sort of like policing going on so there is a piece where they're going to add a, a content recommender so I would imagine as part of the maps that they recommend they're also working on building that back end of like oh hey here's a map that's been flagged this should not be posted to millions of players when they open up select a game mode now also it is very easy to exploit the fact that you can create multiple accounts you can literally go in and at the click of a button create a brand new portal and then activate that portal into the creator program to be eligible to receive funds and generate money from your maps by just either one spending money in the game or two um flexing that you have a social media account that you can link with uh, a bare minimum of a thousand followers both are very easy to acquire if you are either again one buying cheap accounts like there's a black markets to buy uh fake tortoise accounts and stuff like that everywhere and two the fact that you can use your same debit card or credit card or uh, paypal payment option whatever it is you're using to buy those v bucks to um become eligible you can use the same payment methods across a multitude of accounts and then upload the same content. That's what people are doing. Creating new accounts, uploading the same copy-paste maps, and gaming and exploiting the algorithms. So I'd be way more interested to see if Epic ultimately targets those people that are exploiting them for tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions of dollars, versus just policing down and changing it so it's not even being exploited. Like, what if they just were like, yo, you know what? You were caught doing XYZ. I want my 50 grand back. What happens then? I mean, I could see it. I could see a world where that happens. It's just like YouTube. You could you can monetize like a video on YouTube and then it gets striked and if the company wants to, they can go claim. after you for the full yeah, they can claim the full amount of whatever you made. That's a and really then, good point. So, I I I think there long-term will be a system that, that can be supported like that. I don't see that in the next year, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So well, as a map creator, you just got to be mindful of that for sure. Well, and YouTube's the only company that I know that has like a proper DMCA copyright striking system. Like Twitch doesn't do it well. Kick doesn't do it well. TikTok doesn't do it well. Like, only the only media platform that i know can regular granted there's mistakes that happen on youtube all the time but it seems to be the best system for copyright and dmca strikes where it's just like all right we're, we're not going to give you this money whoever claims this and can prove to us that it's them they get the the funds for this so maybe that's how this is going to work in the future but that's also a massive uh request from the dev team to be able to create something like that well who knows epic only has multiple billions of dollars so if it's possible i think <laughs> epic can probably figure it out uh but yeah no th these are concerns that i had these are questions that kind of sprung up on me as we started to see this conversation unfold before our eyes it really is a problem and it's a problem mostly because the genuine creators are the ones that lose out here those that are trying to follow the rules are punished for trying to play within or color within the lines if you will everyone else is going haywire and they're getting rewarded 
generously. Um, basically, is this kind of what it looks like. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we'll do a couple quick hits here before we start concluding up the episode, though. Uh, it's still been a fun week. We talked at the start of this whole thing. We got to come back from Copenhagen for some uh, casting. Then immediately I was shipped off to Seattle to go do some PAX West, which was freaking awesome. Shout out to DoorDash and Battle of the Brands. They put on a creator uh, program out there. I think it was $25,000 on the line. And uh, yeah, you know, I got to see some some cool creators compete. This week we have Reddish and her $25,000 Reddish Rumble, which is freaking awesome. So shout outs to her. She'll be um, hosting a pretty fun tournament. It's going to be a co-ed tournament. Uh, females, professional players, content creators, kind of the huge, um, all come combining together to pop off. And then we have some other fun stuff coming out of Team Dignitas. Team Dignitas has really turned on the gas pedal talking about creative and uh, began... Uh, monetizing all of their creators' avenues, and one of which seems to be Booga's map kickoff. And he had a super successful launch with uh, what was basically, what is it, a late-game kind of tournament mode? He, he basically dropped, like, a, a late-game BR yeah, called the Booga's the late Booga game. map. Yeah. That was in the game before. He just it's recreated. Made... Yep. And, and I bang. mean, it's a good map. Uh, he, I believe they got over a million plays in, like, a week, which is Weekend. incredible. A, a, week, a weekend, my friend. Yeah. Jeez. Weekend. So think about that. That is, uh, guys, six figures plus worth of uh, money right there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Just depending on how long they stayed in the map. That's depending, the uh, yes, there's a lot of metrics that go into how you get paid, but it really comes down to how long do you play the game. Um, that time spent in the world matters. So a million plays is cool, but how, like how many minutes did they play in the game? I assume they played a lot because it's Booga's map. And once you're kind of in a zone war or whatever BR, you, you tend to stick around and, and you know try to run it back a few times to chase a win or something. So uh, if if it wasn't just that, and also there, all these creators are putting money behind incentives like uh, fastest times to clear their maps. Uh, who can you know sh prove that you won a game? Just different things like that for prizes and giveaways, uh, just to drive up the numbers so that they can cash out in the end. So we're seeing a lot of smart spending from creators right now. I like that we're seeing creators double down on their own brands and recognize that they could do cool stuff with their brand if they just put a little money behind it. Um, because this is the beginnings of some of our streamers and pro players learning like, oh, wait, I can make a business out of this stuff. You know, investing in myself and getting that payback probably feels really, really good. Which, ironically enough, is is my uh, YouTube video for the week. Heck so yeah. check what you back. Doing? What are you doing on uh, that? What's that? How to make money in Fortnite. And that's, of Ooh. course, one of the big ones is creative right now. Um, there are four four main topics that I go into, more, four main options to making money in Fortnite. Um, don't give them I away. Don't give them away. I'm not going to give away too much, but you guys, uh, the listeners, of course, getting that first, uh, that first insight as to what's coming. Of course, Panda content is here, man. It's here to stay. Uh, I got a boxing video coming out tomorrow. Got the Ooh. Fortnite video coming out on Friday. Like I had the video pop out last week, which did extremely well over 160,000 views on, on Twitter, lots of engagement on it, lots of good conversations. And uh, that's what I want, right? Like, I want us to have more conversations. So information like this, like what we talk about in the podcast, can be more widely available. I think we have great conversations here on this platform, but I feel like not enough people hear it. Yeah, and I so mean, definitely. Like, all this and more conversations to come, like, helps push us to have these good conversations, whether it be here on the podcast, in that, those content pieces, or even in Twitter spaces. I, I plan on using more of that so I can debate some of these pros 
when they uh, think they know what they're talking about. I'm just saying. Definitely. So share with a friend. Get involved. There's a lot of cool stuff happening uh, just in general. So happy uh, Panda's back to Korean Con. And talk about that. Uh, if you guys are into Dark and Darker, I've just been dropping mad YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll, just, I'll let y'all check that out. Uh, that's been pretty sick. But talking about new projects, new things kicking off. Um, Ninja, one of our favorite friends over here, has actually came out with their own off-the-wall kind of spin podcast thing. And I, I got to say, this is not what I expected. Um, Panda, since you know so much about it, talk to me about AFK with Ninja and uh, maybe his guest star lineup to kick things off. So super cool uh, podcast seeing him do. I'm curious what the set is going to look like for this. So if you don't know, Ninja has two homes that he resides at. He has one in Florida and one in Illinois, I believe. And so basically, it looks like this podcast is going to be based out of the Florida house. So he's going to head back over there. And the first four guests of the podcast are Matthew McConaughey. Yes, you heard that correctly. The the Cadillac commercial or the Lincoln commercial guy. Literally, uh, he's in some movies too. Like, you know, no big deal. It's mainly about the Lincoln commercial. <laughs> um, Jared Goff, who's the quarterback of the Detroit Lions. If you don't know, that's Ninja's favorite football team. Um, Steve Aoki, who is, of course, world-famous DJ. And, of course, the most special interview of all, Chica. Uh, coming straight from the Fortnite space, hopping on the podcast. Uh, uh, Of course, off of what is a major win at that DoorDash battle at PAX West. So it's going to be super sick to see. And it's cool to see Ninja have a platform like this to talk. And I'm curious how far it will go and how consistent he will be. Clearly, he's got some backing and support here to create this. Because otherwise, he wouldn't be getting these guests without a single episode ever being published. Yeah, and just, again, Matthew McConaughey, like interstellar true detective right like true detective amazing first season lincoln commercials um and interstellar is like one of the all-time like legitimate can be argued greatest movies that you have to watch like this is a this is a true superstar of an actor like these are no you know pushover features and again it's so out of the ordinary for my expectations like i was like oh tinnitat man close nick you know the the usual superstar stud lineup of gamers uh maybe we start there but no this is going so far beyond that so i think he's already i think blew expectations out out of the roof i would not be surprised if he does a seasonal style podcast taking more of a tv show approach um eight to ten episodes season one close things down reevaluate how numbers go draw in sponsors then come back with the season as he lines up the guests i feel like that's the good way to start before you get into the scaling side of it but maybe he has his agency just working like horses round the clock and, and they're ready to full commit to this for the you know foreseeable future as he sees from uh, all the successes of joe rogan and you know um other podcasts uh out there that are just crushing it kill tony which is the the number one leading podcast in the comedy space right like i could go on and on about successful podcasts but there's not any successful gamers that do it at scale like that um i i had i think what may have inspired this and and i'm basing this because of the the guests that he's having off rip have you guys heard about the bobby altov podcast mm, the one no. they had drake she the female she, the, the she awkward came out girl. of nowhere yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and, and that's her character right she's like awkward and like makes you feel like kind of uncomfortable but it's funny um but she, right off rip she showed up out of nowhere and all of a sudden she had like little or, or no she had taiga no she did have Lil yachty she had drake on her podcast mark cuban like literally the first 
she hasn't even made 10 episodes and she's got some of the most star-studded people. So I have a feeling that there's some kind of agency out there that is like, hey, Invested we want, in this. Yeah. yes, we want to create five to 10 creator-led podcasts. Who do we invest in? Okay, here's Bobby Altov from TikTok. Here's Ninja from the gaming space. So it, it makes me wonder who they're going to try to like pull and finagle in next because it is a smart business plan because podcasts are making tons of money right now. Oh, not us though. Uh, <laughs> share with your friends, We're broke. guys. So we- show, yeah, let everybody know. <laughs> SVG, you guys said to add on there? Yeah, I was just thinking, I mean, this is good for gaming in general because now Ninja is going to be bringing gaming to audiences that may or may not have looked into it. I mean, the only gamer out of the four guests that were named was chica so aoki or steve aoki dj whole different kind of audience and space jared goff football different audience matthew mcconaughey whole different audience so like now ninja is at that level of like i am an absolute superstar of a human being and i'm bringing my audience to your audience and then combining all of this massive views that's going to be coming together i think we're seeing a more seasoned like v2 version of ninja meets mainstream media he had a chance at it before and i would say he didn't really know what he was doing back then right like he just played with these stars and everyone was coming to him because he had all the attention but now he has has had enough time resource experience right almost tenure in this space at the highest levels and he's probably been thinking about what would i have done differently when i was at the peak of my game what could i've done to really capitalize it and now he knows how to chase that right so i think this is almost a spark and we're gonna see ninja become extremely mainstream like all over again and and reach new heights that we've never seen him reach before um i'm talking bigger than the adidas deal and all that stuff like i said those were just the uh, uh, I think the foundation that gave him all the resources that he needs to now take this to the next level with whoever's working on him with securing these uh, these new talent and, and you know features that he's going to have. So um, I, I genuinely think uh, this is intentional, very intentional. Um, like you mentioned, that, that Bobby girl, I don't even know her last name, but she is a, yeah, she's an excellent example of someone who yeah basically is utilizing other people's clout and just jumping in there. He probably thinks to himself... I mean, come on. We all know he's got the ego on him. He's probably thinking like, dude, I could, I could do this. I could be funnier. I'm crazier. And I have my moments. And obviously, he's had plenty of viral clips. So he knows he has what it takes. Just put him in front of the camera, uh, good or bad. He'll make it happen. So news outlets already love to cover him as much as they love covering the next. So I think, I think Ninja is going to be well on his way to the top again uh, for, for, uh, for a season two or three, however you want to look at it. But talk about seasons, man. Fortnite peaked out. Two million concurrence. Don't even got to talk about it. They're, you know, Fortnite's still killing it. I, I don't know how they do it, but the, the players are there. Creators popping. Um, everything's going well. Is there anything, you, you guys have any objections about Fortnite success? Uh, but, but the competitive scene says that if they don't raise the prize pool, everybody's going to be gone. So I don't understand how it's peaking. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Not happening. Um, <laughs> Not happening uh... at all. Uh, but with FNCS not happening, um, yeah, we, we have seen, a I would say, the conversation shift and some creators start to step up and learn 
right? Especially about what to do during these downtimes. Panda, you had an excellent video, a discussion, a conversation that you started on Twitter right around this topic of prize pools and mentality needing to shift and more so insight on what it takes to, uh, what it has to take to really understand what's happening here. Um, so maybe, yeah. maybe just talk to us a little bit about what needs to happen with the, during the down season, but more important, just in general. Well, I think, so the big thing here, right, is that, uh, and the big thing that kind of sparked this piece is we have big creators in the space that uh, inevitably love their impressions on social media, and they're more in the know than a lot of other people sometimes, too. So, like, they know that what they're saying is not necessarily the, the fact, but they choose to portray something in a certain light, right? For me, I was I saw that, and I think I was actually just playing games with SVG when I saw it, and I was frustrated, right? And I had a different first video to return to content coming out. And I saw this stuff and I was like, nah, my first video bag is prize pools. And we're going to talk about this. And we're going to break it down. And, and just to give like a quick simplification of it, I went in and talked about uh, the prize pools, how our prize pools in our eSport is still phenomenal and exceeds a lot of other eSports. We're the only true open track eSport that anybody can wake up one day and decide they want to compete for millions and millions of dollars every year. Um, and, and lastly, I compared it to a business and this was like the one analogy that I think uh, a lot of people connected to is that when you have a business, when you, uh, have a bun a lineup of products, right? So think of Fortnite as a business, the lineup of products, creative, BR competitive, right? When you have these lineup of products and you look at what products are having the most success, what products are falling behind. When you go to invest more in your products, are you going to invest in the product that has less than 1% of the share of your, your products? No, you're not going to invest in that. You're going to invest in the things that are working, that are doing well, or that have the most potential, right? And unfortunately, cre uh, competitive is probably the lowest performing product under the Fortnite branch, right? That's just a fact. So... They're investing 20 plus, still 20 plus million dollars a year, guaranteed. $16 million in pricing alone. And of course, you have costs of productions and everything else. Like, there's a lot of costs associated with that. So, easily over $20 million a year invested in competitive, right? If you guys as a community want to see more competitive events and you want to see more investment in pricing, you, when there are broadcasts on, watch them. Well, those numbers have to go up, right? When competitive events are going on, uh, participate in them, participate in all the opens without people participating more and more and without people watching more and more, there's not going to be more of an investment. Yeah. It is the lowest percentage uh, performing product in the Fortnite line. So you can't expect them to invest more and more. That was the premise of the video. It was typically an eight minute video, but that is condensed down to two. Well, you said a lot there. I don't know. Like it definitely is the poor poorest performing but like to say it's not performing well i think is an overstatement not saying that's what you said but that's what a lot of the top competitive players kind of say a lot they love to repeat this whole like comp is dying the yeah. world is falling apart uh slogan i guess but over time like it's continued to increase and i mean we had Shout out to Bronos. He's one of the, the kids who seemed to have gotten it. Started to play comp, kind of shifted more towards content. And he put out a, a tweet, 
you know, a few weeks ago, or no, yeah, two weeks ago, no FNCS to grind for this season and a new chapter next. If you're a pro and put a good amount of time and effort into content, just just see what you're missing out on instead of grinding for poverty prize pools. So it's like a a great statement that kind of just says like, hey, you guys know that you have a very small chance to make a ton of money from this anymore. There is this other thing called content. And if you guys do this for the next season or two, while there's no FNCS, well, you don't have an excuse of, oh, I can't be leaking strats. Oh, I need to grind. Like, see what you're missing out on. And that's a great little uh, icing on the cake to Panda's video. Yeah, and the cool part about that, man, Bronos has been one of those creators. He's he's pretty young. He's he's not even mm-hmm. close to being one of the best, but he is pulling in some incredible numbers on his uh, TikTok content, all of which has started to get monetized for him. So now he's really seeing the grass is greener on the other side if he can start taking control of um, these numbers that are available out there for professional play. He shared a video yeah. just six hours ago that cracked... 1.2 million views in two hours. That is a sensational amount of eyeballs to come across a video from, again, a creator that is not even close in popularity to any of the, you know, uh, uh, upper, let's call it one percenters of like professional players or popular streamers alike, um, a lot of which literally don't create content. So it's just more proof in the fact that hard work, determination, and creating cool content, taking control of it, there's potential there if you're uh, if you're good at it. And just to add to that, if you want, if you're a player creator or anything, and you're just unsure of like how to get the resources to support what you do, because I know there are pros that listen to this as well. Go check out FN Story with 50 specifically. And he talks about it in there, how he supports Kanata and some of these other players. And if you've watched Kanata's content recently, it's become more enjoyable, more mainstream, not just like, oh, a highlight package, here you go. Like he had a fun video with Jeff that was really creative and it showed their personalities. And and honestly, it was, it was solid content um, to watch. Obviously, it's not the most produced content, but it's still enjoyable to to really dive into their personalities. And that's what you need. You need people around you that are telling you the right content to make. No more highlight videos, no more montages. Needs to be your personality driven into either uh, educational informational content or it needs to provide entertainment value. Those are the two lines you need to go. Create the content. Now's the time to do it more than ever. And again, the more content that's supported in the Fortnite ecosystem, the better off the whole space will be. Or you do what I like to do, which is AKA meet the viewer where they're trying to get to, AKA search-driven content. Very easy way to get in front of the content trends, or maybe not a trend, but in front of the content audience as they go to look for stuff. That's why educational content is so powerful, uh, because if you can get in front of the things people want to know about, videos to do well um a good example is that is like a year ago i dropped a video about the maven shotgun and for whatever reason this last month i guess the maven's back in the game or something i have bad views on how to play the maven shotgun the weapon hasn't changed the content didn't either it did okay at the start it's doing good again now because i'm meeting the viewers at the forefront of the educational stuff so just something to think about that's how the content game works a lot of cool ways to uh take advantage of it but the pro player scene in general 
um, really hasn't quite gotten it, but we're starting to evolve now as the teams or as players come and go and folks that want to stick around are figuring out how to stay around. Uh, One thing that we almost forgot to mention, we saw the retirement of two of the greatest professional players of all time, Uh, Aqua and Bizzle. Both those two. Uh, we may have talked about Bizzle last podcast. I don't remember. But either way, Bizzle, Aqua, two of like the early, early goats when it comes to playing competitive Fortnite. So shouts out to them and just doing a great job of being one of the best for years. Both of them, early chapter, continue to compete. I mean, heck, uh, Aqua won in FNCS fairly recently. So it's not even like he lost that much over time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bizzle looks like he's going to be transitioning more into casual play, maybe behind the scenes stuff as he's um, starting to jump into more Minecraft. But he's also been a big part of the practice side of the community. Uh, I'm not talking directly about practice server, but I'm talking about Vital Scrims, Manu, and his projects mm-hmm. that he's been working on. Um, he's been uh, an advocate for getting pro players to come together and compete. So I hope to see more of him kind of in that leadership side of things. I think. Um, he has a knack for it. Clearly, he's been able to help support the pro player side for quite some time. So, uh, yeah, Bizu, you know, I-, I want you to stay around the scene. I think there's a lot of value someone like Bizu has to offer the space still. No, 100%. I- and I'm excited to see what he does. I think uh, he's got a bright future ahead if he if he actually sticks to the content and really puts the that work in. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens next to be honest, for, for them. Aqua's, to be fair, Aqua's stepped away from the game and come back, stepped away from the game, come back, and always found success. So even if he is retiring now, I could see him coming back early next year and, and still, like, come back being a top five in an FNCS. Like, it's just it's just a thing that he's always going to have because his mind is so good for Fortnite. He's won FNCS, World Cup. Like, literally every accolade he can win, he's had it. And I don't think enough people have given him the praise that he truly deserves over the years. So fair play to him. Hope his retirement's good. And if he comes back, he'll probably win again. Definitely one of the goats. But with that, guys, that's going to conclude another uh, banger of episode. Y'all got uh, close to another hour out of us. Haha. Shout out to y'all. Y'all the real winners here. Uh, For the boys here on the desk, we're going to be wrapping it up. So I'll, as usual, allow the folks to sign off and let y'all know where they can find you. Um, Let's start with you, SBG. Where can we find you, man? Uh, Somebody's gone on YouTube or Twitter. Um, Working on some creative map stuff, some voiceover content and podcasts on the FN story. So that's what I'm doing. I was going to say definitely saw couple episodes dropped recently on the fn story he's been hecka active go check it out full features awesome pro players and coaches and community figures everything you could basically think of feature wise he's got you covered so i don't have to try to line him up so you go support svg on what he's doing with the podcast love it um and then of course panda's already shouted out a bunch of the cool stuff he's working on but panda just so people know where can they find you man if they miss it the first time you already know life w panda on twitter slash x all the content gets posted there first then gets posted to its respective youtube channels which is life with panda on youtube or panda boxing if you're into the crossover boxing stuff so that's that's kind of the name of the game for me right now but i appreciate you guys of course as always fun hanging out with you too every week 
to break it all down. That's right. And as always, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or hit me at Monster Deface across all social handles. New YouTube content coming out daily right now. So go ahead and take a look at that if you need some variety in your life. Other than that, we're getting up out of here. So don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.